0: Welcome, welcome! You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our Zoom. We're all staring at each other. <laughs> That's all. I'm just gonna leave it that. We're all staring at each other and seen. Okay. At
1: least you guys are looking at each other like face on. I've well, got my side profile, which is somewhat awkward. Then like put I it, can put turn it in front. this way. There you, <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. There you go. So weird. There you go. Well,
1: yes. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda, and we're recording from the. Office tonight, which I feel like we haven't done in a really long time. It's mostly it's working time. from home, so it's nice to be in here in the office. And I am sitting on the couch because our guest tonight is talking to us from Calgary. Um, for those non-Canadians, that is um, not even in Ontario. <laughs> so we're we're speaking to someone from another province right now, and her name is Debbie, and she's got an interesting story because Debbie is a is a massage therapist, but she also now works in insurance as like an independent salesperson um, selling accident and sickness. I'll let her correct me if I'm wrong on that. That's right. <laughs> All right. And basically, uh, Debbie will tell you the story, but she decided to get into insurance only after realizing how important it actually is for people like us. And although we've done um, a couple of episodes about insurance, we thought this is probably something people can never hear too much of. And we are now getting a perspective from an RMT who realizes
0: this is actually super important in our field. And I want to know what makes an RMT want to get into insurance. Of everyone that we've had on our couch that does insurance, I always ask them, like, what makes you want to do insurance? And, and one dude, Chris, Chris is like, uh, "Like my family, They're all insurance. My grandfather was insurance. My dad was insurance. And pretty much he wanted to be like a bartender or something. And his dad's like, no, you're going into insurance, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then Cleopatra was on and I was like, what made you get into insurance? And then I don't remember her answer, but I don't think it was... I don't think it was anything crazy. Like, ooh, I really love insurance. I don't know what it was. Oh, I don't I have remember to go now. Go
1: back and listen to Cleopatra's episode then, and try to recall what uh,
0: what her reason was. Yeah. So I'm curious what what makes someone that uh, wants to work with their hands say, "Screw this! I'm gonna I'm gonna sit at a computer." <laughs> I guess that's what I do but what do I know
2: well that's what's fantastic is I actually don't have to sit at a computer we can do it all via zoom so I can be sitting on a beach somewhere and doing it which is yay thank you COVID for that Yeah, for real. um but essentially um I just realized after being in the industry for like 25 years and then looking all over everywhere for for disability insurance and being quoted like a month, that it was there's definitely a need because for me, I went 24 years without actually having any insurance. um, Just due to that reason, I didn't want to have to pay those high premiums. And then when I you know, if I was paying them, I want to be able to use them. So was it really usable, right? So came across this company, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is so different. It's like, for the policyholders. In fact, it's it's almost like it, the policies were made for massage therapists or manual therapists. So I just kind of was like, oh, maybe this is what I need to do. And initially, it was just going to be a part time gig. But then I just I got injured <laughs> from a massage, you know, just an overuse injury being in the industry for for so long, that um, I'm glad I have the coverage now, because I'm actually using it as we speak. So that's kind of
1: my why. I think we should do a proper introduction yeah. as well because we just, we got a lot of information about you, but I want a little bit of your backstory. So I know you've been a therapist for a really long time. As you said, mm-hmm. over, you went 24 years without insurance. You've been doing this a long time. Um, so tell us from the beginning, how you got into massage, why massage, if there was a career before that, and then what led you to be Debbie the insurance selling massage therapist. <laughs> That's your
2: title. <laughs> right. When I was young, um, I had no no intention of going into massage, to be quite honest. I wanted to do the physiotherapy thing. Um, and then my mom just kind of said, Hey, let's try this. And I saw this new school that was opening up. And it was actually um, ther- therapists who came out from Ontario that opened up a school. And I was like, Okay, I'll try it, whatever. So I got into it. This was in um, March of ninety six. Is when I graduated from from that college, and had my thousand hour diploma, and that is what I rolled with back then. Twenty five years ago, you didn't need to have twenty two hundred hours. You didn't need to have all of that. So, I worked at you know various locations, Cananaska um, Spa to, you know, chiropractic clinics to massage therapy clinics to mobile to. I did everything. Um, fast forward a little bit, had some, had babies, took some time off, um, got back into the industry. Um, and then I worked for massage Heights for a while. <laughs> um, and then, you know, just kind of started working at massage therapy clinics, um, loving it, but, you know, kind of all that time, just kind of realizing that I needed, I needed something, I needed something to, to help. Um, and i was getting a little bored with massage i have to admit you know 20 some years in and it just kind of seems like same old same old sorry for those that absolutely still love it but uh, which is actually why i went back to school and t- i got my manual osteopathic therapist diploma so i graduated from that college in 2016 um so i've been doing that for a few years and uh yeah then i came across insurance. <laughs> and that's kind of, I just decided to do kind of the part-time and do it all together. And yeah, now here I am.
0: So take me back to doing massage or starting massage. You wanted to do physio. So are we talking about you went to do massage therapy straight out of high school? Were you already started at a college or university thinking of pursuing physiotherapy? When did the massage therapy come, come into the mix?
2: So it was shortly after high school. So I was 21 when I actually um, went to school as a, for massage therapy. I had started. I had a couple years of college under my belt because I did want to take the uh, physiotherapy. So I took you know your first year courses and and then realized I didn't want to move. Um, so and then life happened and I ended up moving to Calgary. <laughs> and uh, that's when I came uh, within a year of moving to Calgary. I went to
1: school for massage. You say you got bored. I'm I'm not offended.
2: at all (laughs) because everybody I say that to they're like how can you how how?" and I'm like I've been doing
1: it for 25 years I can do it with my eyes closed right like yeah and I mean Different people are going to like different things, but what what was it specifically that you were born like? Did you feel you just weren't being challenged enough? Were you tired of like the manual stuff? What was it?
2: It was all of that, to be honest. I just um, was getting tired. I was, you know, going from like my shoulder aching to my my hands aching to getting headaches, and it was just kind of going through those injuries, right? And just kind of having to work through those injuries. And it just, yeah. And then, you know, when it comes to being bored, I just needed more techniques, wanted more tools, sorry, in my toolbox. And that's kind of why I went back thinking that maybe if I approach it from more of a technical aspect, that it might be a little more fulfilling for me, but I just never really found it. It just kind of petered out after a while.
0: Were you in love with massage when you're doing it? Is it one of those things where you're like, yeah, I really love this job, or was it like, you know what, it's serving me well? I'm making decent coin. I can make my own schedule. It's it's serving my life well right now. And then, or was it, or was it like, I love this thing? Because I can't imagine you loving it, loving it, loving it. No offense, and no. some people don't, right? Some people no. do it just for a job. And like for example, I had a former student maybe she was a therapist for like 10, 12 years, and then she retired. she recently retired, she sold her house, she moved up north, and I don't know what she's doing now, like Reiki in the woods or something, but what <laughs> I mean she didn't love she didn't love massage. she's therapies. totally doing Reiki in the woods. <laughs> Yes, but she didn't love massage therapy. she got into it because it was it was really convenient and it was a great way to make a living the way she wanted to make a living and make her scratch and then retire from it, right so she she never was in love with the whole idea of doing massage.: You know
2: what I love helping people. I love the health aspect like that. I love the human body. I love learning about it. I love everything about it, but when it actually came down to the massage aspect, no, I did not love it. Um, especially and it became very convenient when I became a single mom and and had to, you know, the income was great. I could work around their school, you know, it, it just became a job. And I think You know, do I miss it? I do miss it. I miss the clients. I miss helping people in that regards. I love you know seeing people who are pain free. But in terms of being fulfilled and actually loving it, ever, I don't think that was something that ever happened for me.
0: I think this happens quite often where people don't necessarily love massage, and I think it happens a lot with with people that are looking to do way more than just massage. If that makes sense, not just massage, but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying, right? So, for example, like I saw a post the other day. I just lost my mind when I saw this post. Oh, gosh, I got to find it. I took a picture of it. Because I was like, you don't you don't want to be a therapist, bro. Like, you you have no desire to be a therapist. Seriously.
1: I feel like we see that often with people who just want to do more than what massage is.
0: When you're posting that, you don't love being a massage therapist. Do you know what I mean? When, when, when you're pulling back the idea of saying, you know, techniques don't matter, do whatever, do whatever. It doesn't matter what you do to the body. I'm like... You don't love being a massage therapist when you, when you want massage therapy to be more than what it is. And it is what it is, right? It's manual work. It is what it is. We're not physios. We're not chiros. We're not sports doctors. We're massage therapists. When you want massage therapy for you to be more than that, then. You don't just want to be a massage therapist. So it's not about changing massage therapy. It's about changing you, bro. Like, you don't want to do this anymore.
1: I think there's another aspect to it as well. Like, I mean, obviously that wasn't Debbie's case because when you start off wanting to go into physio and you do love helping people and you do like the anatomy aspect of it and the clinical aspect of it, then it's not that you don't love massage therapy. Um, there, you know, We've had this discussion before where sometimes it's also environmental, right? Like if you're not working in a setting that you feel like you're getting the clientele that you want, you're not seeing the cases you want to see, you're not doing the work you really love, then the manual stuff can get kind of tedious, right? you're it. like, oh, I'm just it. massaging to massage and it's not really what I want to do. I get it. I've had that that
0: point. But when you go into massage therapy and you want to do everything but actual yeah, then manual you don't therapy, like massage. then you don't fucking want to be a <laughs> massage therapist. So in that, <laughs> it, 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 then I'm thinking... Are you only doing massage therapy because it's a two year private career college and it takes a lot more fucking work to go to university and get a physio degree? Is that why you're chosen? You chose the right of massage therapy and now you're For sitting some in people, it. Maybe. And, you know, well, it's call it that then. Don't want to change the whole fucking face of massage therapy mm. just because you don't like what you're doing in it. If that makes sense. So for example, we just recently did the Canadian Massage Conference. They had a student day. So I can't remember what I shouldn't say it, like I can't remember what it was called. Like the student, the success, student summit. success summit. And there was a panel of, I don't know, a, a really cool handful of people. Your on this friend panel. Michelle yes, was on the panel. Yes. With yes. Us. Exactly. And then we had a whole bunch <laughs> of students there asking questions about working in the field. And then one of the one of the people on the panel, his name's Ryan, he went to the World Massage Championship. And he was he was he. He was in talks with the, the people from the Canadian Massage Conference on starting the Canadian Massage Championship. And everyone went into a, a fucking uproar when that came out, when, 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 when they started promoting it. That's what they were going to do. This is pre-COVID. Because everyone's like, we're healthcare. This is not a competition, blah, blah, blah. But when you hear Ryan talk about it, he's like, listen massage globally is really different all over the place. Like massage in this country or this part of the world is really, and we are seeing it from a very small standpoint. And it's not about a competition. It's about seeing what massage is like in other parts of the world and seeing what people do. So I'm on a personal mission. I'm on a personal mission to bring techniques back, right? There's a lot of talk about everything but techniques lately, or even pushing techniques aside. And I'm like this, I don't understand this. Like I'm a man manual therapist and I enjoy manual therapy and a part of being part of enjoying manual therapy is I like watching other people do manual therapy. The same way when I played a lot of volleyball, guess what I really enjoyed doing? Watching volleyball. The same way we have a buddy who's got a he's got a, he's got a podcast, he's he's an educator, he's a massage therapist, he likes to cook. Guess what he likes to watch? He probably likes watching people cook. Right? <laughs> so I'm bringing techniques back cuz I think a lot of people are getting starved of the idea of not being able to see what cool things other people are doing technique-wise.
1: I like the idea of bringing techniques back, actually. I know when I go get massages from other therapists, I'm I'm quiet. I just want to be a client when I'm there, right? I'm not talking to them about massage. I'm not telling them what to do. I'm like, you do your thing. I'm just a client right now, right? But I really, really hyper focused on what they're doing. And if something is like really awesome, I'm like, I want to understand what you're doing right now because I want to steal this and use it with my people. So I like the idea of the the massage championships. Watching what other manual therapists do and and different ways to treat different structures. You know, you can have a room full of ten people that all get the same case study and they're going to approach it differently. Yes. And that is cool. And, and that's like, what I want to see, see. I really love massage therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did, don't
2: get me wrong. I love massage therapy. I love watching it. I love learning new things. I just don't like doing it. No, <laughs> so maybe it. Just that's just a case of being lazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. I mean, and I as I said, I get it. I I hit a point like early on. I was maybe five years into massage, and I got to a point where I think I just wasn't enjoying the setting I was in and the people I was treating. And so it got to a point where some days I was going into work and I was like, ugh this job but now i love it
0: again yeah i get it i because like i'm the same way it took me what am i 16 years in it took me probably about 14 13 14 years to actually fall in like i loved it the whole time and don't get me wrong i've been doing all parts of it i was involved in formal education i've always been you know running continuing education courses blah 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 working all different types of environments and all the rest of it like i've been heavily involved in massage therapy for a little bit it's not until like maybe 13 14 years into the practice that i started to, I've to i've hit the sweet spot and i feel like it's the spot that every therapist really just wants to get to. I work when I want to work. One, I'm not dependent on the money that comes from massage therapy. So it's not like I have to treat people and I have to treat cases that I don't want to do to make ends meet. I don't need to do that anymore, right? Because we got cash flown in from other places. So massage therapy is not the, the breadwinner, which is great for me because I want to treat people that I want to treat. I want to treat cases that I want to treat and I want to treat them the way I want to treat. Like I've hit the sweet spot of <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't have to do anything that I don't want to do, and when it comes down to putting my hands on, on on another body for the purpose of treatment. So,
1: since you got bored with massage and decided to go back to school to do um, manual osteopathic therapy, did you foresee there being a big, um, like a big change in in the t- in the two things? Like, I I always wonder, like, massage therapists who decide to do manual osteopathic practitioner, like what What was appealing about that, because you're sort of still working in the environment and still seeing clients. But what did you think was going to give you more Gage? satisfaction from that? Yeah, what would be better about that?
2: Well, I mean, the fact that the the treatment itself is clothed, so that in itself mm. is different, right? It doesn't have to be where it you know they're you know undressed and and things like that. So that makes it very, very um, it was very appealing Mm -hmm. and then just to have the, the extra techniques to, to be like, okay, well, you know, I want to learn craniosacral and I want to learn, you know, osteopathic, um, or sorry, um, or osteoarticulations. So like MET type of, of things. And so I just wanted more tools so that every massage didn't look or didn't feel the same. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over. And it probably, I, again, I, my, my fault for not making it a little more stimulating for me, but, you know, if it worked, why would I change it? Right. It seemed yeah. to be working. People were, were still getting better. And, and, and so that's why I thought maybe just kind of jumping in and, and getting some more techniques that I could pull from would, would make it a little more stimulating and interesting and not just being massage. And did it kind of doing both or not really.
0: (laughs) You know what? This makes me wonder. This really makes me wonder. Thank you for your honesty. (laughs) I bet you most GPs just get bored like this because GPs do the same fucking shit over and over day in, day out, day in, day out, dealing with people's crap. They get
1: paid a lot of money to deal with people's crap. I almost feel like
0: it's not the love of being a general practice fucking MD, it's more uh, the the swipe the OHIP oh card and the money that comes along with it. It's gotta be. I don't know. I don't.
2: Well, know. I, I have to tell you that I'm the type of person who gets bored after a six inch sub. So <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> take me long to get bored of something. <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm with you on that. I don't get bored at the six inch mark, but I definitely get bored before the 12. So I need something (laughs) in between. I need like Quiznos, which apparently does a nine inch or something. That's like ideal for me. Six, I'm still ready to rock and roll. 12, I was was done like four inches ago.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I get bored after a six inch sub. I'm going to use that. I like that. (laughs) All right. So The osteo stuff didn't make things more stimulating. And like you had sort of alluded to at the beginning that you knew that you needed disability insurance. How the hell do you go from finding a company where you're like, cool, I can buy this insurance to like, let me sell it. Those are not the same.
0: No, they're not. Like, I mean, I I love Mazdas, but i am never like, I want to sell fucking Mazdas. That's what I want to do. I want to go to the dealership and get a job.
2: So throughout my whole adult life, I've had this vision of um, living in Hawaii. Okay. Mm. So I know that with massage, it was not going to get me there. Right. And so I've always had visions of doing something extra. So I've always kind of had a side hustle. And that usually they were MOM type, you know, mm-hmm. your companies. And that just never worked for me. Um, although I did learn a lot of skills, I learned what didn't work doing all of that. But I knew earlier on that that was a goal of mine to kind of have along for that freedom, um, time freedom. And then of course, comes the financial freedom on top of it. So originally, when I heard about the the policies i was just happy and elated to the fact that they were you know usable and like there was just so many positive things about the company that i was like okay i need these products and then i started thinking well this could get me to hawaii this could get me to my dream and where i want to be for, for you know 10 years down the road And so I just started asking questions. So how does it work? And what do I need to do? And what are the steps? And so that's kind of where it started. It was really just a question. And then I'm like, okay, yep, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I need to go and take my accident and sickness insurance license or um, provincial exam. Perfect. I'll do it. Right. I'll, I'll study and 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 i'll do everything that's that's necessary to do that and and so that's kind of how it happened it was really just it kind of just fell into place for me can you
1: explain what you mean when you say the products were usable um what what certain what insurance is not usable and why are these ones more usable like i i'm trying to understand why why are these usable
2: okay so i'll give you an example mean when i mean a usable i mean that you can actually claim them and people and they will pay claims so that's one of the things that this company does is they do pay claims um example I was looking at another massage therapist's benefits that she had with another company and it said okay she's like I have soft tissue coverage I you know if my back and neck gets hurt um sprain strain I have the coverage And so I was like, okay, great. Can I look into your policy? And so after, you know, some investigation, the only way that she would get covered for a soft tissue injury of a back and neck would be if she, her doctor ordered diagnostic tests. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but what doctor is going to order diagnostic tests for a strain or sprain of a muscle? With our company, you're able to actually claim on a strain. In fact, we had a claim. She's an RMT. She had to take two days off work because she strained her back and shoulder and she got $568 in some sense, but that's a typical, I mean, if you take two days off, that's typical what most massage therapists, I mean, not ones that maybe work for themselves. They may make a little bit more than that, but it's very on par with, with what a therapist makes typically, at least in Alberta. Um, So that's what i mean by usable that they actually pay claims you can actually use it there's not those exclusions that say oh you like racing in your in your you know off time and your rec time well we'll cover you but if you get injured while you're racing that's excluded we're not going to cover you for that well then most people don't live their life they go and not race anymore if that's or go skiing or whatever it is that they like
1: to do. So that's what I mean by usable. This is very appealing to manual therapists, because you're right, sometimes you might injure yourself where you only have to take a few days off. And most of us will just eat the cost of those days and like, okay, so I'm screwed. I don't make money for a few days. And we don't think there's anything we can do about it. Um, I've heard the the stories, like what you mentioned before, of people trying to get disability insurance and having to pay something like, yeah, $300 a month. Um, What would be uh, more realistic? Like the company you're working for, what are some, what would be something that, you know, a typical RMT could get coverage for usable coverage? And what would they be looking at paying per month? I mean, I know, obviously, you can't say for sure. It's case by case. But, It's not going to be three hundred and fifty dollars, I assume.
2: No, definitely not. So we have um, it's very customizable. So it's not like your one size fits all, where you know you go to an insurance company, a traditional insurance company, and you're like, I need disability insurance. They'll be like, Okay, here's what's covered. Here is the cost. Okay, so pre existing conditions, too bad, you're not covered, or you're you know whatever, you're not covered. And so with this company, they it's customizable. So essentially, what works for you may not work for Mark, may not work for me, mm-hmm. essentially. So in that regard, you're not paying for anything that you don't need. So that's one of the things I like to, to, to be upfront about. With regards to the cost, we have a policy that starts at $14 a month, one four. That gets you some amazing coverage. If you break a bone, need stitches, you could get forty two hundred dollars for for that as a lump sum kind of payment.
1: So, like you said, it seems like it was actually specifically designed for people who do this type of work because we have stupid like I, for example, um was doing some like I guess I'll call it gardening. I don't know. I was raking with a giant (laughs) rake, not wearing gloves like a dummy. And I took all of the skin off uh, one of my thumbs. And this was on like a Sunday or no, this was on a Tuesday. Mm. And I had clients on the Thursday and I was like, I can't treat with this thumb like all my skin is missing. And even if I put a glove on this is going to be really painful. So I had to reschedule all of my Thursday clients to the following week to let my my thumb heel a little bit. And then I still had to treat with a glove on for the next uh, few shifts that I work. So it, this would have been useful for me. You know, I could have actually taken a few days off and let my skin grow back before treating again. Mark looks like he's deep in thought right now. I am deep in thought.
2: That's what I love about it is that you can use it for like repetitive strain or soft tissue or any other kind of issues, which is why I I love it for, for us as massage therapists.
0: I'm looking at you because you were deep in thought earlier. I still am deep in thought. I don't want you to take offense what I'm going to say here, though.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her face. Now you've scared her. Great.
0: No, no. Right Nothing now. Now of. I'm
1: like, oh my God, what? what? Nothing to
0: be scared of. I want, I want to solve this problem right now on this podcast. I want to figure out a way to make insurance sales not seem so salesy, and for me that's I think I mentioned this last time like to me that 's a big turnoff because everyone that 's in insurance, I feel like they all do sales the same, and it feels very salesy, and I want it to be not so salesy and is there a way to make it feel not so salesy because everything you 're telling me, I totally understand, I totally agree with, but just the idea of feeling like i 'm getting sold i 'm like uh you know what <laughs> I'll have to get back to you just because I feel like I'm getting sold. Does that make sense? Can I
1: say something before Debbie answers? I want, I want Debbie's response. Yeah. But just as you were saying that I then started to wonder, is this, an insurance problem or is this a Mark problem? No, I, I don't trust insur- salespeople. No, I trust,
0: <laughs> I trust, I trust salespeople. I just, I just feel like it's a little salesy all the time. I don't well, know. And that's
1: what Debbie because, said at the again, beginning. Cause yeah. insurance gets a bad rap because that it they does. are always trying to sell they, you. So- Cause it's, it's an invisible product I,
0: I, I get that, but there's got to be a way to display the value of, of this without making it feel so salesy Like so like for example, when you're telling me like the, there's, there's coverage that can start from as little as 14 dollars a month. I'm like, okay, I get that and it's not a lot of money, I get that. but I also just feel like you're telling me this because it's a sales part. do you know what I mean or like or, or when someone has their strain and it paid out X amount of money, like that's that's very bad I'm like, yes, I understand all that, but something about it just feels innate. Just salesy to me, and because it, you're looking for the catch, because this no, all sounds it's, it's, good. It's, you're it's, looking for the catch. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not looking for a catch. I think. Uh, I think what I'm hoping for, to be honest with, is is a major disruption. In, in, in the sales of this type of insurance is to go about it a different way, is to speak about it a different way, to make it sound a little bit more, I don't know, for lack of a better way to say it, appealing than just, it's, then it's kind of sprinkled the same, the same, the same speech that comes out of everyone's, everyone's mouth that's in this line of work. Does that make sense to you? I don't, and again, I don't, you I don't know, mean this in any offensive way. Told-
1: at all. Uh, when we had Cleopatra on, I don't know if you listened to. Oh, you did listen to Cleopatra's episode. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah do you remember we were making insurance sexy? Yeah, we gotta make
0: it sexy. We gotta make it sexy. <laughs> we do have to make it sexy. I think so. I don't think I don't think it should be something that because it's an important thing to have, especially in this in this it in is. this in this profession. That I don't think it's a great idea that you wait till you're ten ten seven ten eight fourteen years in and you have an injury and you're like fuck I should have been doing this sooner. If we make it sexy then, you know, the young therapist will jump in on that. But this whole talk to me, I don't feel as appealing to, like, the young therapist. So... What The new therapist, I should say, not well, young, but
1: Debbie did tons of research, as she said, and yeah. couldn't find a company that worked for her. Something about this one was appealing. Of
2: course, yeah. Just and, and it's and and I'm sorry, it comes out salesy. That's definitely not no, my it's intention. not But
0: it's not you. It's it's the industry. It's
2: just the way it is, and that's the thing. That's kind of the stigma about insurance is nobody likes to have it. People pay for it and never be able to use it, and that's why nobody really likes to talk about it. Nobody, everyone thinks that it's a sales pitch. Nobody, you're not the first one to say that. Um, Because people don't like to talk about it. People don't like to talk about finances. They don't, you know, they compare it to your, your car insurance where, you know, you, you don't even have to make a claim and your car insurance goes up. At least that's what happened to me last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, we had to, we had so many, you know, people in the province for the hailstorm that we had. So we had to raise everybody's rate. Well, yeah, I, wh- why the heck do you raise my rate? Because I didn't even make a claim. Right. So, so many people have that stigma about insurance and it's just not sexy. It's, it's not, I hate to say it, trying to make it sexy, but it's just not something people ever like to talk about. I
0: feel like it can be sexy. I don't know why. I've got this, I've got this feeling that it just needs, it just needs like one fucking super charismatic individual to make it sexy is this a, am I, am i living in a dream well i think that I think this is a possibility you think everything's possible well but sorry, i think i
1: think some of the things that Debbie said, though, are getting there because she's we're not talking about like, oh, you need this and you know, buy this policy, it costs this much, and this is everything it covers. Some of the things she has pointed out, and maybe they just need to be highlighted more the fact that you can make a claim on things without having to go through 7 million medical tests first to say, like, yes, this person actually needs this claim. It's just, I hurt myself and now I can't work, I pay for this insurance. Give me the money like that sort of usability that she was talking about. I think that makes it appealing to people that you can make multiple claims. And, you know, when we had um, Cleopatra on and talking about it, it was the same idea that, you know, some people make multiple, multiple claims because it's something that is there for you to use. I think that's helpful and also knowing that you can customize it. You know, if you're not somebody that, you know, necessarily needs, I don't know, sickness benefits or you think you don't need sickness, right. then you don't have to pay for it. It's not just like this this is what you get and this is how much the policy costs. It's you get to sort of pick and choose like from a buffet. A buffet's not sexy, is it? No.
0: <laughs> it depends on the buffet.
1: I tried. A buffet is not sexy. Oh, but for you two, it is because you guys get bored. So a buffet is perfect for you guys because you can pick and choose (laughs) all the different things.
0: I'm actually not creative.
1: I'm trying here. The
2: other thing that I tend to get a lot too is, is, you know, well, we have savings. We have a savings account for that. So then my question is, how many times can you use your savings account? And they kind of look at me like, what? What do you mean? Once? Okay. Right. Like yeah, yeah. there goes. So you you use your savings account, you completely deplete it. And then you're as you're saving again, if you do, I mean, how many people actually save? But if you do are one of those people that actually save. And you get hurt. Then what happens? Yeah,
0: I agree with you. And I believe that you're good at this job because you're on your way to Hawaii. And I want to know what makes you good at this job. And uh, and you alluded to it, something at the beginning about MLN and what doesn't work and you learn from that what doesn't work. Can you tell me what doesn't work there and then what do you do that works well for you in this in this game?
2: So it's a lot of personal growth. So that's come a long way. But what typically doesn't work is being pushy right. and being salesy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Right now, I, I'm not. And what's really working for me is the fact that I do have massage background. So I'm appealing to massage therapists. That's good, my niche market, yeah. right? Yeah. That's 90% of my clients are massage therapists or manual therapists of some sort. Because I can relate. I can say, I'm going through a claim as we speak. Like, I get it. I I've lived it. Um, what is working in terms of now what didn't work is I'm more passionate about the policies and, and company and helping people. So all my mission is, is to let people know that this company exists. What you do with that information is up to you. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be knocking on your door saying, Mark, Amanda, you need to buy the policy. When are you going to buy? When are you going to like? That's not what this is about. It's about educating therapists, because they don't properly do that. And maybe it's different in Ontario. But in Alberta, they definitely don't talk about insuring your hands or anything like that. And and I just want to be the person to go to because I have the best of like, I have both worlds, right? I ha- I'm good in both worlds. Not good, but <laughs> I think I'm good in both worlds. <laughs> you're
1: allowed to say you're good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, just making it about the the client and not about the sale, because that's not what it's about for me. And that's really what has has worked.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we know that, right? It's people... People will trust you if they can see you're just being genuine. You're just trying to help them. If they feel like you're just trying to sell them something because you're going to get your commission and you know you don't care about them. Well, that's when you've lost them, right? Well, that's what I mean. That's, that's when Mark's left the room. That's what
0: I'm saying. I, it just needs yes. like to have this one fucking charismatic person to, to, to go in and say, this is the new way to do this. And it's not going to have an underlying tone of a sale. This is the new way to sell this stuff is to not sell. We are the anti-sell. We are the, we are the information dump on you. We, we are the, the, the personal people that will come in and talk to you about stuff. And there's never a sale attached to it. And I believe if you have the right charismatic person to do that, it will change a lot of the way people go about doing this job. That's just me talking shit, though. I don't know anything about anything. That's just me talking. <laughs> Imagine
1: off the cuff. if insurance could be like massage therapy, though. Like, we don't have to sell massage, you know, like people come in, they see the benefits, they see what it does for them, their conditions are improving. And they want us to tell them how often to get treatment and when to come back, like, we don't have to sell it's just it sells itself, right? Everything it's true. is a business, everything is a sale. Yes. And I think you like for me, when it comes to insurance, like I know that, yes, the person who's selling me the policy is getting something out of, of course, that that's and, their job. I and that's fine. And so I think the that, you know, what Debbie said is educating people is probably the best that you can do without coming across as salesy, right? Like this is what this company does. This is what they can do for you. This is my experience. And then, you know,
0: you do what you want with that. See, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go about it that way. And I'm, again, I'm just spitballing. I'm just talking off the top of my head. I don't even think I'd go about it that way. I don't think I'd, I don't, I think I'd approach it from a standpoint of this is what I see happen a lot in the community in terms of your ability to sustain your, to sustain your income and to work. And these are the things that happen. And these are the things that become barriers. And there are answers to minimizing these barriers. Mm-hmm. and i think i would approach it from that standpoint and i would
1: showing people the solution exactly to exactly
0: exactly exactly but again what do i fucking know? it's
2: it's funny that you say that because i'm actually in the process of creating a course um a ce course I- educating massage therapists on insurance nice. and the different types of insurance but obviously getting more into the sickness accident and sickness and 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 that type of stuff so that is something that's in the works for me. Nice. Um, I just need to to do that. So hopefully I'll eventually become that person, Mark.
0: Yes, you're almost there.
2: <laughs> you're almost there.
0: I, I almost bought I from think, you right now.
2: I think that the, the whole thing and in, in what makes it come across is because the company works so different. Um, mm-hmm. We really have to highlight what it is that makes it different. And oh, yeah. maybe that's what you're thinking is coming across as being salesy because we have to, we really have to, you know, the company has been around since 1922, but nobody knows that they're around.
0: Right. 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 Right.
2: I'm sure Cleopatra told you that. Yeah. Um It's just, Nobody knows that they exist unless you're a farmer and have had the insurance, because that's typically what what they did, right? right? And they went door to door. What happens when someone comes to your guy's door? Mm-hmm. You you run and hide, <laughs> or at least that's <laughs> what I do. One hundred percent. So we really just have to educate and get the word out that the company exists, and and by telling people the differences between a traditional company and us, may you know maybe. Maybe that could be done differently. I don't know. Maybe we need to sit down after this, Mark, and you can help don't, me, don't to me figure I'm out. An idiot.
0: I'm an idiot. Like, don't take anything that I say seriously. <laughs> when, oh,
2: no. I'm just saying, you know, I, I value everybody's opinion. And you've been a therapist for a while, right? So if it's coming across that way to you, I want to to make it so that it's, you know... Comes across because that's not that's that's not what it's about.
0: No, I, and and I mean, like, I, again, like, nothing I say is 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 important when it comes to this stuff. I just love seeing something different happen in an industry that is kind of deep rooted and has always run the way it's run, and it can it, it's 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 allowed to sustain itself in that way because the service that is provided is necessary. It is needed, so it's almost like it's. <laughs> It's almost like when there's no competition, not that there, I mean, obviously it, with different companies, there's competition, but when there's yeah. no competition, then you can get lazy on it. So for example, like, of course I'd rather take an Uber than a cab because when cabs ran the industry and there was no competition, you'd show up to a cab. The cabbie smoking when you can smoke. His car smells. He's on the phone the whole time. The radio's too loud. The temperature's never right. The car is dirty. There was no competition at all. Uber comes along and now there's competition and cabbies are freaking out. They're like, what the heck happened here? We ran this thing for so long because someone just came in with a different mindset and did it better. And then that starts to clean the whole thing up. So that's kind of what I was kind of getting at. Not that anything's wrong with with with, with what with what's happening, but can it be done in a way that's different, that disrupts how it's always been done and then something new can grow from that? What do I know?
1: Well, especially with you know, this company that you're talking about sounds like is so totally different from traditional insurance companies. And I have to ask you, are you allowed to mention the name of the company? Because I know that when you work independently in insurance, sometimes, you know, you can't necessarily speak about the company, but are you allowed to talk a little bit about the company and give more detail or just give me the amount of detail you're allowed to give for anybody listening who's like, I want to know more. This is interesting to me.
2: So yes, um, I am an independent sales agent for combined insurance founded in 22 in Detroit and came up to Canada in 56. So we've been, they've been around for a long time um, they are trying to change the insurance industry. Um, it just takes some time because, as you said, it's deep rooted and and you know lots of stigmas and all of that 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 come around it. So this is the only reason that I can say I can get behind an insurance companies because they are so different. You know, you your health, health field, when you're helping people and you're mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to make them feel better, you know, health wise and get the mobile and stuff like that. And then you go into insurance, which is in a sense is a completely different industry. So um still helping people just different
0: I feel you love this job
2: I do I, I really tell. do I can yeah. tell
0: you speak about it very differently than when you when, when you're speaking about your massage therapy career with the manual therapy career not that you didn't like the massage therapy career and it served you really well but you speak about this with like a certain fucking fire that wasn't sounding before to me
1: well because now she gets to help other manual therapists and like she said she, do y- you've You've had the experience. You've dealt with the same stuff that we're dealing with. You understand, you know, when I go home at the end of the day and my wrists are hurting and my hands hurt and you you can... Empathize and or sympathize with everything that we're dealing with. So I think this is exciting for you because now you can help improve people's lives in a way that is not, you know, causing you any physical damage. Exactly.
0: Why do we think most massage therapists don't have this type of coverage? Because I don't think most massage therapists have this type of coverage. I would and then bet
1: I, that most don't. Like wh- I feel okay. like everyone I talk to so, doesn't have
0: insurance. Why do you think this is why do you think this is the case?
2: For me, honestly, because it's expensive right? So like I said, when I was looking $350 to $500 a month, I'm sorry, I'm not paying for that, that for insurance, right. for a policy that I don't know that I'm going to be able to use because of the my past history and hearing about all the companies and, and things like that. So that's one. And then the other huge one is, and like I said, I can only speak for Alberta, is they don't talk about insuring, they talk about the business aspect of, of massage, but they don't talk about insuring your hands. They talk about self-care and protecting and, and mm. things like that, but not about the actual insuring part of right. Can I mean I,
0: Can I ask you a question? Have you ever approached sure? any of the associations and said, you know what, let's do let's do a partnership here?
2: I have, and I've got shut down from a couple because a couple have got insurance policies that don't even compare to what we have, but um they so I'm I'm slowly working with it, which is why I kind of thought maybe I'll, I'll build a course around not a really long course, it's not gonna be worth a lot of CE credits, things right. like that, but just to kind of help educate therapists, because a lot of, of, of people say, Oh, you sell insurance or, or your insurance I have through my association, I'm like, um, no, actually you don't. That's liability insurance. Yeah. That's completely different than your, you know, insuring your hands and accident sickness insurance. And that's what I'm doing.
0: Like, I can almost see that this is like, if, if an association is down for it, that this could be an option that they can buy into as part of the association. That would make a whole shit ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm right? As part of your fees to the association is, you know, for an extra cost to your annual fee, this is included or whatever the case is. Debbie's
1: right though. I don't recall, or maybe I'm just forgetful, but I know like, for example, when I was in massage school and this is not necessarily their job, but it's not like anybody really ever said to us that this is something important and this is something you should do and why you might want to look into disability insurance. Um, You know, when when we had Cleopatra on too, we were talking about the fact that or maybe it was when we had Chris on, I can't remember. We had another insurance person on and we were talking about the fact that there's just so many different insurances. Like you have your car insurance, you have your home insurance, you have your liability insurance, you've got life insurance, you've got like, there's just so many. And at a certain point, I think therapists like sort of weigh it out, like, you know how likely is it that i'm going to get injured and can't work and you know maybe i could just do well, something else and do i really need to pay for this no i don't think so because if i never make a claim it's just money that's going
0: to nothing well if the messaging is different if the messaging is like, you fucking love your job and you want to keep doing this then this is something you need the messaging mm-hmm. needs to be that if this is your bread and butter and you know it you and you rely on this as your job then this is something you need like that's the messaging that needs to be there i mean mm-hmm. i know why it doesn't happen in school because as a student you you don't fucking care you're too worried about your orthopedic assessments test you know the next day and your neuro (laughs) test after that you don't give a fuck about what's going to happen once you start working you're still trying to figure out will will I pass this exam and get my license exactly but that's why I think
1: you made a really good point Mark about the associations getting on board with this they should be the ones saying like because they're there for us why not they're there for the therapist and you can
0: get your personal liability insurance from the the association so why why wouldn't this be an extra add-on to your fees for your association like this makes So much fucking sense to me Insure your hands I'm
1: asked asked that all the time actually By non-therapists They'll say to me like Do you have insurance for your hands? Like what will you do if you injure yourself? And like Mark said, we don't necessarily rely on treatment as our main source of income. So I've never worried about it that much. But
0: but there's so many people that fucking do. And COVID, yeah. COVID showed you that, right? Yeah. COVID showed when we couldn't work, how many people were like, oh my fucking God, I don't know how I'm paying my rent. I don't know how I'm paying my mortgage. As a matter of fact, I don't even know how I'm going to pay my registration fees to the college next year. And that's only what 800 bones. And if you can't cough out, if you don't have 800 bones saved, you're fucked. If you injure yourself, like it's not even funny. So, I mean, to have that as part of the conversation needs to be there, and I really think the associations should 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 have some sort of offering to this. I I think that's that's a that's a big thing that needs to happen. But again, I'm just an idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's funny that you say that. One of the things that I try and get through to people about, especially massage therapists, about um, it, you know, like you should have this or you should have something is you know, everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. Yep. Do you think he had his body insured? Most he had of. to have. His team probably had his body <laughs> insured. Absolutely. So I always say you are the Michael Jordan of your household, right? What sense. happens if you can't? But people don't want to think about that. Oh, I never get hurt. Oh, I never get sick or I have savings. and And so that's kind of what the roadblock that I have. And Slowly. I'm slowly getting there. It's just little me trying to do this, though. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what needs to happen. I think it needs to be like a multi-tier approach to get the messaging across, right? Because when the association is talking about this type of stuff, they're not coming at it from what would feel like a sales, you know what I mean? It's not feeling like a sales thing. Versus when someone that does the sales, it sound it feels salesy, even though the messaging itself might be fucking identical. And staring at me like, "What are you talking about, dude?"
1: I don't know. You're the one that keeps telling me not. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah, so right, right, right. <laughs> let's,
0: let's go back to that. Let's go back to that thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, we've we've got listeners across Canada, um, and in the states. So are you only working with Canadians? I assume, Debbie. Yes.
2: So it is very different. There again, there is um a. Ca- ca- sorry, a U.S. Uh, portion of our, our company. Um, but because it's run differently, I just recommend to call their customer service and they will connect you with an agent. Um, but in Canada, yeah, they can certainly reach out to me and I can, I can. it, it works the same. All the policies are the same across Canada. The, the prices are the same. The premiums are the same, um, which is fantastic. Maybe a little slightly different. If
0: you had to guess, what province has the most clientele for for RMTs with this type of insurance? If you had to guess, and I know we're just guessing here, but sometimes I like to play a guessing game.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Ontario. Mm.
0: Just because of the numbers? Just the sheer numbers? because the numbers. They're mo- they're there's less. a lot of us. Yeah, interesting.
2: There's 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 a ton of you guys. Um, and so your, your association, I know it's different. You guys are regulated. You have nothing like that. Um included in I would assume because you guys don't have the insurance is that correct
0: I think through the I I mean I don't I don't have any insurance or anything through the association even my professional liability is not through the company that they deal with but I'm pretty sure that they all I mean it's not it's not disability it's not injury it's not any of that stuff I'm but it's like a a basic extended health care type of thing I'm pretty sure that there's a company that they that they're associated with there with that But I don't know about the, I don't know about this stuff though. I have to really look, but I haven't looked all that hard to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Well, if, if somebody does want to reach out to you, um, how would they go about that if they want more info? And like we, we've we already uh, mentioned it before, but Cleopatra, who was on, actually works um, sort of with the same company, right? So, yes. Um, yes, she does. How will people get in touch with you if they want to learn more and maybe finally take some action and ensure their hands?
2: Or even just get some information, yes. right? It's, it's, you know, just get the information and then you can make an informed decision is how can you say, no, I don't need it, when you don't even know what the insurance is all about? I agree. Mm -hmm. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. You can contact me, so you can call me or message me. Um, My number is 403-605-9836. You can email me at debbie.shear, S-H-E-A-R-E-R at combined agent c o m b i n e d and then agent.com
1: and your Instagram and Facebook is it your name Debbie Shearer?
2: It is actually called Mana Supplemental is my business name. M-A-N-A and then supplemental like as in supplemental insurance.
1: Awesome.
0: Why Hawaii? Why not? <laughs> Well, why not? Because this is islands in the middle of the Pacific. Well, I
2: just fell in love with it. I I've been a couple, well, not a couple times. I've been there six times, and I took my kids in twenty nineteen, and they fell in love with it. And it was just some place that I just always just knew that I would be
0: eventually. We're supposed to be doing it. We had to. We had to a scheduling issue. But there's a therapist in Hawaii that I follow on Instagram. And I'm like, I got to have you on this podcast because you look like you live the best life. She looks like she's
1: like on the beach all day, every day. Like every photo I've seen of her is her laying on the beach, (laughs) smiling.
0: I just saw like, I'm pretty sure it was hers that I saw like an Instagram story that she was like at an octopus farm. And I'm like,
1: this is fucking
2: cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm
0: like, I get it. I get it. I totally get it.
2: Well, and it's not hard to become a therapist there. You only need 500 hours. Nice. So I I looked into it. Actually, the minute that we got, we got home in 2019, I phoned everybody that you needed to phone in Hawaii and been like, okay, well, how do I need to, what do I need to do to get there? So I just have to prove that you have 500 hours of practical hours and you have to write a 50 question exam and then you're licensed. Sounds
0: great. Let's move. Let's go to
2: right? Hawaii. Although,
0: although just based on TV shows that I watch, like Hawaii Five O and Magnum, there's way too much crime. There's a lot of crime a lot there. Of, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of crime, a lot of crime. <laughs>
1: It's a very are, dangerous place, no but
0: it always ends. It always ends well. But there's a lot of crime.
1: <laughs> Mark gets so mad at me when I make that joke because if he loves Hawaii Five-O, <laughs> he loves Magnum. Uh, so sometimes I'll watch them with him. But it's not that I don't enjoy it. When it's happening, I enjoy the story. It's just they're so far fetched and ridiculous sometimes yeah. that when I point out the ridiculousness of it, he's like, "Come on, why well, you got to ruin it for me?" Yeah. Like every time something bad happens, a cop just happens to be walking by. I'm like, "Sure." Like there's law <laughs> enforcement all over every part of every island. Sure. Listen. Yeah.
0: Listen.
2: Well, it's funny with Hawaii 5 I've got my daughter hooked on it and I like it because that's on the island of Oahu and that's yeah, exactly yeah. where I want to move, right? So I'm always watching it and being like, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. So that's kind of... Uh, how I keep my dream alive and how nice. it keeps me going. And um, there is not a lot of crime there because I've been there seven times and I haven't seen a crime
1: yet. So <laughs> I'm sure it has You haven't seen but...
0: a car chase? <laughs>
1: no. Nothing nothing Sorry. has blown up behind you and you've had to dive out of the way. <laughs>
0: hey, don't 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 ruin it for me.
1: See, I'm always ruining it. Especially because there
0: used to be a thing in TV shows and movies that when there when there's an explosion on the set, you don't want to waste it. like this is old school. You don't Want to waste the explosion. So, for example, if you watch like old episodes of Magnum or you watch old episodes of the A Team, there's a single explosion and there's a minimum of three different camera shots. Boom, then there's a boom, boom, but it's all the same explosion. You don't want to blow the whole explosion. So, you typically end up with three camera shots from it. I don't know. I'm just a useless bag of information at this point. <laughs> I think I made that up, actually.
1: (laughs) No, you're probably right. You seem to know a lot of random facts about things.
0: I'm really in love with like Polynesian... Indigenous culture. I don't know why. I yeah. I I identify with it so well, and I don't know why, other than maybe my skin tone and and everything else. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, maybe the, the people I'm in from general are so
2: nice, though. They're so laid back, and they're just so like chill.
0: Did you have any hatred from from uh, from the locals at all?
2: Nothing. No, nothing. I've heard stories, like especially yeah. like kids. I would never move my kids. Well. the fact that their dad lives here and they have contact with him, I would never move them for that reason. But I've heard a lot of stories that the local kids don't like new kids coming in and there's a name for them. I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's not nice. It's, it's, you know, your typical vulgar type of, so I would never expose my kids to that, but, but yeah, definitely, you know, the long-term goal is, you know, kind of 10 years where, they're adults, and it's such you know, an, if they want to come. They can.
0: And <laughs> it's such an interesting place to me. I don't know why it's so interesting to me. I, like we had on MJ, 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 where she she did her kinesiology degree there, didn't she? She was on a scholarship, and she went to she actually did her kinesiology degree. Was it in her Hawaii. kin degree
1: there? I knew she yeah, studied yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. I couldn't remember. And yeah. It's
0: so interesting because we were talking about the the economics of Hawaii. And she was mentioning like how so much percent of the rich population is actually coming from Japan and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, it was was, was just a really interesting conversation. I go back and listen to that at some point.
1: I got really excited for the like five to ten minutes when, so when I was pregnant with our second daughter, we decided we're going to take a mini vacation. We're going to go somewhere for five days, just the two of us, leave our other child with my parents, because we didn't do that. When I was pregnant the first time, you know how people do this like baby moon thing? I'm putting it in quotes because (laughs) somebody just made that up. But people do that, right? They travel with their partner to like, you know, get away one time before there's a baby and you might not be traveling for an extended period of time. So we didn't do that with the first with the second. I was like, yes, let's do this. But it was during the time where Zika was a thing. Mm. So, like, you couldn't go anywhere if you were pregnant because every, everywhere had Zika. Do you recall this? Yeah. We were, we were only, like, not only, but two of the places we were told we could go were, like, certain parts of Florida were okay, but, like, nowhere in the Caribbean. We couldn't go anywhere yep. and um, we could go to Hawaii. So for like 10 minutes, I was like thrilled, like, let's do this. Let's go to Hawaii. And then reality said in, And I'm like, we've got five days. Like we're going to spend what three of them traveling. Like, no, we're obviously not going to go to Hawaii when we've got five days. <laughs> It's a good
0: choice, though. Good choice. Yeah,
2: it's it's quite a quite a travel trip trip for you guys, but it's like uh, nine hours or eight hours from here. So I think it was thirteen. It be like, I think it was thirteen when I
1: looked into yeah. it. So I was like, yeah, thirteen hours, and then yeah, we'd basically get there and have to come right back. So it didn't happen. happen so we've never day. been to Hawaii. It'll happen. Oh,
2: you day. gotta go! It's so amazing. It's and it's exactly like it looks on Hawaii Five O.
1: That's all I need to know. <laughs> Minus the car chases and explosions.
2: Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And the eye
1: candy. Oh, I love
0: it. This was fun. Thank you very much for hanging with us. Thanks for sharing your story, too. Thanks for uh, getting all real about massage, getting bored for you, and blah, 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 blah. You know, everyone likes to sugarcoat it. And I think it's nice to hear the the real the real come out, like, hey, you know, it served me well, and I, I tried to mix it up, and I went and learned this other stuff, this other manual stuff, and it just still didn't give me what I needed, and I found my passion somewhere else helping people. It's pretty awesome.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Before you go, favorite character, Hawaii Five O? just curious.
1: Um would have
2: to be Steve McGarrett.:
0: <laughs> Why are you smiling like that? Is it because of his six pack?
1: Because he's like is it his he, six yeah. pack,
0: or is his or his stubble stubbly face? You can tell by her face; pack? it's
1: completely All because he's cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, just wondering. Mark likes Dano. Dano. Dan-o. It's just because I, I I I I like Sean Conn. I think he's funny. I, I he's funny in this show. You know, I I liked him in Ocean's fucking Eleven. You know what I mean? I just like that guy. I don't know why. He's a little midget guy running around. Okay, <laughs> probably can't say midget.
2: He's short. He's only like five four, five yeah, a, five. He's a, he's like a tiny he's dude. pretty. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's tiny, tiny. Mark, aren't you five
0: five? Yeah, I'm tiny. The difference <laughs> oh, is, I, no, 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 no. Don't apologize. The difference is, I don't look tiny. It's just weird because I, I guess it, the, the proportion of my limbs to my torso. I, if you see me walking down the street and I'm solo by myself, you won't look and go, "That's a short guy." It's only if I'm walking next right. to someone who's reasonable height that you'd be like, "That dude is. <laughs> that dude's pretty short." But if I'm walking solo, it, I'm I'm okay. But when you when you see Sean Khan walking, it's like that guy's like really tiny.
1: He looks. Yeah, he, he looks well, that was tiny. like when uh, Bruno Mars. I he looks tiny too. We, yeah, we were watching Bruno size. Mars perform, and Mark's like, "That guy's so small." So I googled it, and I was like, "Mark, he's the same height as you." He's like, "Yeah, but he looks really small," he and it's tiny. true. He looks small. You don't look
0: small. I don't look small.
2: It's it's funny how just being proportioned actually
1: works for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your <laughs> favorite. My favorite. Don't character? you
0: look like the Canadian? They got Canadians on that show. I love it. Yes. Look
1: at my face. I'm like trying to picture the character. I'm like, who's Canadian? I don't know. All the all the uh, female characters. Kono. Kono is Canadian.
0: Kono. And uh, Kono. and then the girl who plays Tawny Ray is Canadian.
1: Oh yeah, no, I did know that. Okay. Yeah. Who's my favorite? Well, the uh, female leads I, are I actually like both of your characters, but I like them as a duo. Like those two yeah. bickering with each other is the best part of the show. I, like I don't everybody. care about the car chases. I don't care about the explosions. Listening to these two just bicker back and forth like a married couple is it's my funny. favorite part exactly. of the show. <laughs> the, whole,
0: the whole thing makes me feel good inside. I get a warm, fuzzy feeling when I watch that. It's a, it's a nice feeling I, I get left with. I know what we're going to be watching when we go home. No, I watch, I watch these when you're sleeping. Uh, this is like a three o'clock in the morning for me Watch because I like to watch it by myself. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Maybe it's because of his abs and his stubby face. (laughs) Uh, I want to watch it by myself. (laughs)
1: Ah,
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Oh my goodness! I think it's time time to wrap it it up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thanks for hanging out. It's been fun.
2: (laughs) Thanks, guys. You guys are
0: listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Mahalo.
2: (laughs) Nice.